For someone whose entire career has been focused on joy, why a podcast on pain? Because these stories need to be told. A good phoenix rising out of the ashes story reminds us all that not only can we survive, we can thrive. And when we emerge, we're different. That's the alchemy of pain. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Alchemy of Pain podcast. I interview people that have made it through dark times and come out the other side changed for the better. And a common theme that comes up in these conversations is resilience. What is that thing that makes us get up again after we've been through that dark time or we're in the fire? And let me tell you the background of how I met today's guest. I was a new speaker on the circuit and COVID had just hit. And all of a sudden, all of my speaking engagements were canceled and all speakers were pretty depressed. And as a member of the Florida Speakers Association, they had a special guest that week online, Simon T. Bailey. And his words of encouragement uplifted me to keep going. And so here I am, living to see another day, still speaking, still creating, still going on. But Simon T. Bailey is the world expert, the world's leading expert on brilliance. And he has just come out with a book that has the name Resilience in it. So welcome, Simon T. Bailey. It is so good to be with you. Thank you for having me. It's my privilege and my pleasure. And I think I want to start with your new book. So tell us the title and what the essence of it is. So Resilience at Work, How to Coach Yourself into a Thriving Future is a story around four personality archetypes who meet at a surfing camp in La Jolla, California. And at the end of their surfing lesson each week, they go and sit by a campfire. And the names of these four personality archetypes is hurry, worry, ready, and steady. And hurry and worry want to understand how did ready and steady coach themselves into a thriving future? How did they conquer challenges? How did they overcome the pain of just life? And through a series of many weeks, uh, they are asked questions, deep questions that invite them to look within and to figure out how to thrive. So we as the readers can ask ourselves those questions. Exactly. And I love that your whole idea is coach yourself, but did you know I live in La Jolla, California? No, I didn't. Like, no. What are the divine chances that we are talking today? And we didn't color coordinate our outfits either. But seriously, there is something going on here. So what inspired you to write such a book? How important is resilience? Resilience, as you know, Brenda, is all about bouncing back, but just not bouncing back, bouncing back better and adapting to a new reality. So for example, I was talking with someone today and I was asking them about their resilience and they said, well, you know, I'm retiring. And I said, 
let me invite you to reimagine the word retirement. It's really rewirement. So when I understand resilience, I'm rewired to be better than I was before. So perception and how you see a thing can affect your bounce back ability. Exactly. And reframing things in a way. Now, all right. There are people that have been through some really gut-wrenching stuff. Mm -hmm. So you're not talking about putting your head in the sand and being Pollyanna. No, not at all. It's asking yourself the really tough question. And the first thing I really invite uh, those who may say I'm hurry or worry uh, to really identify what do you want for you? That's the first question. And that what do you want for you is to invite yourself into a new reality to say, how do I create the future that wants to emerge for me? Because what you want, wants you. And when you honor that within, all of a sudden you begin to realize everything you need to flourish is inside of you. That reminds me of, I think it's the Rumi quote, that which you seek is seeking you. Which means that, well, it's a complete shift from victim to victor. It doesn't make space for the pity party. But so this hurry thing, I think of the four, when I went through my series of losses, I was hurry because I just wanted to fast forward through the bad part. I didn't want to feel all the feelings. I just wanted to get back to normal. And I soon realized in the hurry that I hadn't done the healing. So that's probably the downside of hurry. I can relate to you on so many levels. When I went through my painful season, uh, when I recognized I was in a hurry as well, I was moving on. And what I realized, life is not a remote control. Sometimes we have to change the channel on the tell uh, vision and slow down to the speed of the moment and be in the moment and recognize when I slow down to the speed of the moment, I actually am paying attention and I'm healing from within because I'm learning how to be intentional about forgiving myself, forgiving what has happened, honoring it and say, how do I? in this moment so one of the things that I so greatly respect for every guest that I have is they're not just coming from a high tower and saying this is what you need to do they have lived it so is there a time in your life that you can recall you said your painful season and I certainly don't want to pry but you know, I find that when people watching or listening can relate to the speaker and maybe something that they got through and not just survived, but have thrived. When you think of your painful season, what did it look like? So for me, my daughter came into my home office and I sensed she wanted to talk, but I was emotionally unavailable. And she said, Daddy, I'll just come back later. I said, okay. And it hit me on the plane that I missed the moment to connect with my daughter. So when I came back from out of town, her mother said to me, you give everybody the best of you, but you give us the rest of you and I don't want the leftovers anymore. And after being married for some 25 years, I realized I built a house but lost a home. I was chasing money but had no purpose. 
And I was going after everything that really did not align uh, with what I thought I needed to do at a particular time. So it was in that particular season when I discovered and realized uh, that I needed to make some changes. And I went to therapy and I needed my therapist to really begin to help walk me through some things that I needed to work on. And she said to me, whatever you don't deal with will eventually deal with you. And as I begin to unpack uh, where I was at that particular season, uh, it was like the, the domino effect that just happened. You know, I, I had a lot of things that I was suppressing and not really addressing. You speak in sound bites that I'm trying to furiously write to catch up with. That which you're not addressing, you're suppressing. What you don't deal with will deal with you. And here you are today through that dark season and in a place of light and using what you learned to help others. How did the four, how did this whole picture, first of all, La Jolla, my hometown, when you come visit, I must take you to lunch, hurry, worry, steady and ready. How did they come to you? Was it sort of one of those aha moments when you least expected it and it sort of was a download or had you been mulling this over for a while? It was a three o'clock in a.m. in the morning experience when I literally was trying to come to a place of clarity. And when I realized at some level, as I've talked to thousands of people over the years and have done research, and what I recognize is at some level, uh, we meet people who are in a hurry. They don't have time for others. They're, they are moving on to the next thing. You have people who are worried. Uh, when you worry, research says that it slows down the brain. It doesn't create neurogenesis, which is the process of growing neurons, which grows the brain. But then at some level, you intersect with a person who's ready. Uh, Tom Winninger, may he forever rest in peace, calls it unqualified readiness, where that person shows up and they don't worry about what they don't have. They begin to focus on who they are and who they can become. And then that steady personality, we come across that person who calmness is their superpower. And at some level, when you interact with them, a part of them is in you and a part of you is in them. And you begin to discover, I can become better if I just put one foot in front of the other every day. So would you say that you identify as steady because even just talking with you i feel my central nervous system calming down just a little bit you have that gift of i don't know if it's it sounds like honey and it feels like a blanket when you talk well, so i i can't help but benefit from it in this conversation i um tend to be like the energizer bunny but i get so excited about talking to people and learning from people and yet your calmness helps to temper the whole conversation so i'm interested in this whole brilliance thing the world's leading expert on brilliance wow so brilliance is your gift it's your talent it's your ability it's what many of the experts call your flow and when you are in the flow of doing what is purposeful for you, time ceases to exist. Uh, we ask it in our research, we ask a thousand people, what do they identify as brilliance? And a lot of their feedback was intelligence, 
some said confidence. And when you have your intelligence and your confidence, what you're actually doing, Brenda, you are practicing AI, actual intelligence. Because when you're practicing actual intelligence and you're in your brilliance, you're in your lane and you're not threatened by anyone else. You're not comparing yourself to anyone else because in your lane, there is no competition. In your lane of brilliance, you show up to complete instead of compete. And you, do you believe everybody has brilliance? Everyone has something in them that makes them uniquely who they are. Their fingerprint, their handprint, it's like no other. That's your signature. And when you tap into your brilliance, you live from the inside out, you determine the weather forecast. You're not worried about what's happening outside of you. It's about what's happening inside of you. So yes, everyone has it within. And for me personally, I have found that realizing how important my relationship with myself is. Yes is the factor that affects every other area of my life, my personal life, my professional life. And when I finally made peace with that and started to love me, all of a sudden it's like cha-ching, 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 cha-ching. Everything falls into place and then you can flow. You know, when I first met you, Simon, I had a day job and a side hustle. And my dream was always to make my side hustle my life and it wasn't until all of the losses that stripped everything away that made me say what am I waiting for mm -hmm. am I waiting for an invitation to live the life I've always wanted to live mm -hmm. I'm the CEO of me and when I finally decided to go all in on me I never I've never been happier and I know this is not about me but I love I feel like this connection with your brilliance and resilience. Yes. Oh, yes. I just I just did a Simon. I did a rhyme. Okay, ah. so this connection between brilliance and resilience, because when you are in the flow of what you were born to do, all of a sudden you're unstoppable. Unstoppable. You said it. That's it. When brilliance and resilience meet, you build a bridge to the future. So you're not waiting for something to happen. You realize that you can make something and when you make something happen, even when tragedy and pain and setbacks and failure and disappointments, that's just more fodder. That is a part of the journey that allows you to double down on being resilient and bouncing forward even better because the resilient person understands how do they adapt, how do they begin to attract how do they begin to appreciate and how do they accelerate? And you don't get to accelerate until you first say, you know what, how do I adapt to where I am? How do I become aware? And then how do I ensure I assess and then appreciate so that I can accelerate? And so here we are of all days recording on Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday. And he talked about what are you doing to serve others? And isn't it often those dark times that create our unique ability to serve in this world too? 
because we've got a story we've got a story you know my my work has become richer and more impactful because of what I've been through what I have asked for it no and I'm talking to an audience out there and maybe you're going through a tough time and I know sometimes it's really hard to imagine this but imagine that the very thing that's happened to you is the very thing to serve you so that you can serve in this world what would you say to someone out there right now who's going through a very painful time and wondering will I ever get out Wherever you are right now, you are loved, you're valued, you matter, you are seen. And the reason you weren't born in the 18th century is because you weren't needed. You exist now in this century because every single day in every way, someone needs for you to hug them with your words, to embrace them along life's journey. And when you help someone else, you become healing presence for them. Because your life, your smile, your presence, your beingness in their life is the kindness that they need. So the reason you didn't quit, the reason you didn't give up, the reason you didn't check out when perhaps you thought you should have is because you are needed now. So I celebrate you and I salute you, oh brilliant one. Mm, I let those words sink in. I let them sink in for every person listening and watching and for myself too. They are healing words and a wonderful reminder. How can people find you and follow you and learn more from you and get your newsletters and get your book and all things Simon T. Bailey? Oh my goodness, SimonTBailey.com. The T is for terrific. Just kidding, just kidding. It was right there. <laughs> Boom, I love it. Oh, you know what? I, you know, I, I know, I know the time is running, but I want people to know two things. One, tell us about your time at Disney because that sort of formed this person who is now Simon T. Bailey serving the world on an international scale as a speaker. But what was the biggest thing you learned in your role? What was your role at Disney, and what did you learn? Well, my role was sales director and a business development director for the Disney Institute. And that was my last job. I had four different jobs while I was there. Uh, probably the one thing that I took away is, hello, boys and girls, welcome to Disney World. <laughs> I'll stop there. But uh, it, was, uh, it was a place where it took me almost two years to be hired, 10 interviews, a 10-page psychological analysis. And I think they figured out I wasn't going away. They eventually hired me. And it was seven uh, amazing years of sniffing a lot of pixie dust uh, absolutely transformed my life and allowed me to do what I'm doing today. So glad, so yeah. glad you're doing what you're doing today. And your story about giving your best to everyone else and not to the people most important to you. You know, your life has grown exponentially. You are, I'm so honored that you graced your presence on my platform, which is growing, but small in comparison. You have over 30,000 or so LinkedIn followers. So now you're busier than ever. How do you make the time and apply the lesson learned in that dark time? It's getting up every single day to do the work. So I get up every single day. I pray, I meditate, I breathe, I listen to 
uh, piano and ocean uh, types of music that it just calms me down. And I learn how to love the skin I'm in because love is not what it says, it's what it does. And before I can give love, I must love who I am. And then once I love who I am, and I have found a way to embrace the pain, the setbacks, the disappointment, the mistakes, and come to a place of forgiveness, then I can reach out to you, Brenda, and serve you where you are. Because I recognize when I serve you, it's not about me, it's about we. And when we are in the we-ness of a moment, I am learning from you and you are learning from me because it's not about what I can get from you. It's about what I can give to you. And sometimes giving is in silence. It's just being in your presence to celebrate your brilliance. Mm. Well, it has been a privilege to be in your presence today. This self-love thing, I, I'm going to make you laugh because I'm in Zumba class every day. Nice. And this journey, I found, this is an interesting thing. The more I heal on the inside, the more I take care of my outside. Sure. It's okay. like I've become, I've made peace with this body and now I, I honor it more because I'm healing on the inside. So at Zumba class, they played Ed Sheeran's, I'm in love with the shape of you. And I changed the words to, I'm in love with the shape of me. And it felt so good to say it. Like after a lifetime of thinking, oh, I should take care of this and I should take care of this. And it was like, no, I'm in love with the shape of me. I love who I am today. And in doing that, I'm able to exude love to all the puppy dogs and the babies and the people I meet on the street and to my sort of friend in my head, Simon T. Bailey, I hope that you felt appreciated in this time together. Any closing words for our audience? Just remember you are absolutely positively brilliant. Why? Because Simon says so. Because Simon says so. Perfect way to close this out. And thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of The Alchemy of Pain. As I always say, if you're in a dark time, Keep pressing against that chrysalis. You're making strength in your wings.